Hello and welcome to Optics Talk, the podcast on all things marketing, SEO, and digital from Optics Solutions. Today we're going to be talking about Core Web Vitals, which is something that we've been looking at over the last few weeks um, via our YouTube and some of our content on our website. So please go to our YouTube to um, see my colleague Jack talking more about how Core Web Vitals can affect your website and how you can make improvements to your website. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chris Johnson, the technologist and, and tinkerer, he describes himself, behind some of the really great tools created by Defaced. So if you go to defaced.dev, you can check out some of the things that he's been working on. We are talking to him today about his Core Web Vitals Chrome extension, but he also has a really great tool which tells you how to measure your um, cumulative layout shift as well. So it's called Layout Shift Gen GIF Generator. And that's a tool that we've used to talk to clients about Core cumulative layout shift and Core Web Vitals. And it's really great. And both of these tools are free. We're really pleased to be able to speak to Chris today because he um, has done so, so, much, so many fantastic things. So he's spoken at Brighton SEO, and he's also um, had his tools highlighted by some amazing SEOs from across the web. So this is a great opportunity to speak to him about this. And the reason why we're talking about Core Vitals is because it is such a topical topic. Google is bringing in Core Web Vitals as a ranking signal in 2021, and they announced it last year. And it's very rare for us to get this much um, lead in with regards to a ranking signal, but they've been very generous. So not only have they let us know that it's coming in, but they've also added things to to the um, search console dashboard to help us to register um, where our sites are performing well and where they could do with improving. Um, there's also some great tools within PageSpeed Insights to help you figure out um, which things are best for your site and where you're, you're seeing challenges. They've also got something called the um, the uh, Crocs report, which is Data Studio a data studio dashboard which helps you break down all of the different elements over time to see your progress on core web vitals and we've been using all of these tools in tangent over the last few months to help see some improvements for our clients and i'm pleased to report that we've been able to get uh to get sites which were which were getting flagged for a few pages to be showing consistently as all good using um, some pretty straightforward implementation. And I think that when people look at some of these topics um, and some of the words like largest contentful paint and cumulative layout shift, you can sometimes think that it's super complicated and that it's going to need lots and lots of different, different elements. And sometimes it does. You definitely need to talk to your devs and you need to get your devs on side if you're going to be making these kinds of recommendations but, and, and, and improvements. But there are also some things which you can improve, which are pretty obvious and pretty straightforward. So one of the one site that we were looking at, they were getting flagged um, because they had a link on their homepage that was going to a YouTube pop-up video. Well, if you remove that YouTube pop-up video, then guess what? Everything loads a lot quicker. So you don't have to have 
um, <clears throat> so you don't have a, a sort of this sort of total walking time drag that you're having there um, before. And there's other things where, you know, I had someone who was getting flagged as their largest content will paint as their cookie notice. Well, we reduced the size of the cookie notice. And that meant that their largest content will paint was the normal part of their website, which was a lot quicker to load. Um, and also, I think that there's a couple of things in my experience, which are easier to, to fix than others. So largest contentful paint is something that counts for a large part of your, of your core web vital score and is fairly, can be fairly straightforward to, to, to address because the most important um, element is that viewport part of your website. So if you're able to optimize the viewport, what, what we previously would refer to as above the fold, then that's gonna help you to move everything along. The other thing I would say is that your Core Web Vitals score is assessed by URL. So it, the sort of score overall has to do with, um, you know, your, the, the scores that you get across each page, but not all pages are created equal. So when your pages, so when you have, if you have pages that are getting a lot of traffic, I would say prioritize those ones in the first place, because that is where Google is going to be getting most of their data from, which is the pages that you're getting a lot of traffic to. And if you have pages that are getting that are getting less traffic, those should be lower uh, on your list of priorities. I would also say that it's worth looking at the templates. So rather than just optimizing what's on page on the page, have a think about how you can optimize the templates so that you're not creating the same issues over and over again. Um, and those are my sort of top tips for um, for core web. Web Vitals um, improvements that, uh, from my experience in the last few months. And um, without further ado, we're going to get into our conversation with Chris Johnson, which I'm super excited about because he's had so many different digital adventures. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation. So welcome to the Optics Talk podcast. My name is Crystal Carter. I'm a senior digital strategist for Optic Solutions, and I am joined today by Chris Johnson, also known as Defaced, um, who's going to be talking to us today about his Core Web Vitals um, extensions and APIs and um, and lots of really cool stuff uh, that he's that he builds and um, and. I don't know, creates to sort of help help SEOs to understand more about what's going on, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining us today, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I think we've been, I've been, I've downloaded your extension a couple of weeks ago and I've been using it on online and it's 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 um it's brilliant. Um so so it's great to have you along. Um and um, I think I, I sent you a couple of questions, but I guess to go to go sort of naturally into it, what sort of um, what inspired you, or can you tell us a little bit about the extension and sort of? Okay, so the extension itself is called Core Cert Vitals, and it takes so it adds the core web vital metrics to the Google search results page. So it allows you to look at any of the data that exists in the Chrome User Experience report when you type in a search query and so you can quickly look at how any site is doing in their core web vitals at the moment 
And um, and I think that's really uh, I I, find, I certainly find as an SEO that's really useful when you're when you're um, you know trying to figure out uh, opportunities and how much of a priority uh, yeah, Forum yeah. of Vitals can is for for one per client or another. Um, and do you think that and do you, and how how have you found it? Uh, how have you found that it's been working for you since you've created it? Uh, it's been very helpful for me just to see where things might change to see where things are positioned at the moment, because obviously we know that Google are going to change the rankings a little bit. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as some people think, but I think um, they're going to tweak it a bit. And this gives you an idea of how your competitors are essentially ranked at the moment for their core web vitals and how things might change. Because if you look at it now and you can see that above your clients are people and they're all red, yeah. Then you might be thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna drop down a bit. But then right. if you see yourself and you're all red and they're all green, right. you're like, oh, okay, we, we might have a bit of a problem on our hands here. Right, right. And I think that there's some there's some that there's some that are are um, harder to to achieve than other. I've, in my experience, uh, I've been implementing a few core web vitals um, updates yeah. over the last few months, and lar uh, largest contentful paint is easy is like the the easiest. Of, of all of them, from what I can, from what I can tell, I find I find of all of them, it's the lowest hanging fruit because you get a big, it, it like improves your score significantly. Yeah. But basic, basically, you just need to optimize the viewport. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that that one's not too tricky. Uh, uh, layout shift is, it's not too hard. I think we've got it harder in the UK where we've got to have like cookie notices yes. and GDPR yes. notices and a lot of the plugins that are used to implement those on pages shift all the elements around. Yeah. I think if if you look at uh, sites in America, where they don't have to really worry too much about putting up all these banners and things like that. Their elements don't shift around so much. Yeah, absolutely. We've I've had that with a couple of clients where like it was the, where their largest contentful paint was their was their cookie notice, and it moves around all of the different things. <laughs> and then so so we have to sort of yeah make it smaller and that and all of that. Yeah. Um, and and I think speaking of the of the um, cumulative layout shift, um, you know you've got another another really fun tool. Um, yeah. that I've been trying out as well. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. the, the shift gift generator, which which generates a nice little gift of all the sort of layout shifts that are happening on the page. So, it's, so you can visualize it a lot easier than just being given a number or digging through in uh, the dev, in the dev tools. Yeah, and I think I think that it's 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 really I think it's something that we've all experienced online. The you know where you go to click something. I think yeah. actually Twitter I think is terrible for it. Yeah. Um, very often where I go to click on one profile and end up on somebody else's profile. I think Twitter's bad for it because it that they deliberately shift things around in the timeline. It's not clear that they do that, but it happens, and it's always just when you're about to click it, it's like oh we're going to move that somewhere else. And <laughs> Right. So I think that that's that's really that's really awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a really awesome tool, and, and it just lets you lets you see that because I think that yeah, seeing a number of you know point five two or point one or point yeah. zero one is is a, a lot is, is a lot more difficult to quantify. Yeah, it's a hard thing to communicate to clients, but it's easier to show them a picture. Um, yes. Animation <laughs> of all these things that are moving that shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely. So so um. 
how did you how did you get into this into this i think you've had a lot of um you've done a lot of really interesting things in your career so how did you get into seo and getting into apis and making extensions and uh, so <laughs> i i've been on the internet since the 90s so <laughs> i've like i've seen it change i've seen like things come and go and i've always just loved learning about the technologies even before i had access to the internet i was buying there's like .NET magazine and it used to come with CDs on the front and you could, and I came with like uh, early website builders and I was building websites before I had access to put them anywhere. So I was learning, <laughs> learning about it back then. And I think I've, I don't know, I never really knew quite how to utilize my skills and never really knew how I fit in. So I ended up like working on like, did some fun interaction design stuff quite early on where I built a big robot cube that sat in the gallery space. And when you walked up to it, the big black cube would decide if it liked you or disliked you. Oh, no. And then if it liked you, it would, uh, it would like spin around and chase you and follow you around the room. Oh my gosh. And if it disliked you, it would, uh, it, it would like just turn around and then it would run away from you. So that was a lot of fun. And I spent, I think I must have spent like one or two years just exhibiting that around different places and, and sort of having some fun. That was a good laugh. And then yeah. after that, I just ended up doing bits and pieces of freelance web development and then not really knowing kind of how to align myself with the rest of the industry. So when mm -hmm. it came time to like, right, this, this freelance thing, I really should sit down and get like a proper job, like something that, <laughs> That I put a bit more effort into where it's easy to do freelance and sit back and not bring in as many clients as you should or as much work as you should. So I was doing bits of freelance work. I was helping out with like a friend's pyrotechnics company okay. and all sorts of other things and working in pubs. And then just, yeah, just felt like, right, it's time to actually try and get a job in adulting yes, <laughs> industry. And I was looking at, well, where do my skills align? And I thought, well, digital marketing looks like a good in. So I started applying to lots of different digital marketing jobs and uh, applied for an SEO role at the company that I'm at, Bambi9. And I got to the interview and they said, okay, we're well, not quite right for the role that we're interviewing for, but we like you, so we're gonna hire you anyway. And we're just gonna figure out where you fit in. So I've joined them and what my role is, is the head of technical. Essentially, I bridge the paid media teams and the SEO teams and I build tools to automate as much as I can and make everyone's lives easier so that we can scale as a company and we're not relying on doing too many things absolutely manually. Mm. And also sort of in charge of all of the complicated technical problems that come up and technical integrations and issues with client sites that are not quite so simple to fix sure yeah i mean i'm having i'm yeah I've, I've i've definitely been there and i think that there's a lot of people think that you know you turn a website on and and it's all good and, and then yeah. you're connected to the server and that's fine but there's all the javascript in between there's all of the apis in between there's all of the yeah. you know the tracking in between iframes all sorts of stuff and like and yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I mean, I would. I would love to have a technical, <laughs> a technical <laughs> on our team, to sort of, because there are things that fall through the cracks. You know that yeah. that that aren't particularly dev, aren't particularly SEO, but yeah, it's just yeah. sort of bridging bridging the two. Um, we sometimes use um, 
I've sometimes used Zapier to sort of help, help with those sorts of things, but, but yeah, it would be nice to have a human um, to help. <laughs> so I think your team is very lucky to have you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think um, that sort of um, brings us on to, so, so I guess you, on your Twitter profile, you describe yourself as a tinkerer. Yeah. <laughs> I think as long as I'm having fun, I'm, I'm happy, which is where a lot of the sort of projects on my personal site have come from. They're like, they're, they're things born out of just, I have an idea and you're like, oh, let's, let's run with this and have a bit of fun and see how I can use a web technology kind of in a, in a different or fun way. So I think a lot, a lot of the stuff that's on there at the moment has been made in the last year simply as a coping mechanism for the no. pandemic. <laughs> It's just like this, this is this is my outlet like somehow I've got a lot more creative than I was before yeah well I think you've got it I mean you know we have more time on our hands and we have more focused time I think that you know if you look back in the, in the history of humanity um I think I think um like Defoe started like wrote the first novel like during during plague time um <laughs> like that's when people started writing novels um because people needed a lot of content to consume and I think that you know I think there's been a lot of innovation um and people are saying that in the last few years or in the last year we've seen you know technical advancements uh, that would normally have taken 10 years to um to uh to come to fruition so so it's it's uh it's it's not surprising that that someone that's digitally um as digitally minded and creative um, <laughs> would be coming up with, with lots of these things i'm a big fan of the of the tv tree trunks <laughs> um on 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 your um twitter feed um because it's very it's very interesting to uh, and i think data visualization we've seen a lot of data, yeah. data visualization this year um because there's been so much data um and so, yeah, I think that's a really creative way of, of visualizing it. And do you think that when we're talking about when we're talking about tools for um, for clients and for for understanding competitor data, like your Chrome extension, um, how much does the sort of visual element of, of of that come into come into it when you're when you're um, designing these these sorts of tools? Uh, generally the, the the visual bit is the, the last bit okay. like I, i'm very much interested in in the technology so it's okay. like well for it's like well here's a problem to solve How, can i take all of the data from the google search results and send it to the chrome user experience ip uh, api and get that back and then once i've got it back okay well maybe i'll, I'll display it and make it <laughs> <laughs> like it it's always like that there's a I don't come at it with like the the end product and I'm like, right, I'm gonna achieve this. There's normally like, oh well, can I do this? And then like, oh well, maybe I can make it into something that's that's a bit more useful. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think, yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess that's a good that's a good way of thinking about it when we're trying to when we're trying to explore potential potential solutions for uh, and and potential uh, information because I, I it never occurred to me that you could have that sort of data on on the SERP like yeah. you know live um but it's incredibly useful and I think that um and I think that when you're um when you're looking at at different optimizations I'm constantly looking at ways that the that the competitors you know things that the competitors aren't doing <laughs> so um you know any any boost that i can give to my clients um I'm, I'm all about making sure that we get that we get there so it's a really good tool in that in that regard 
Um, and so it uses, so it pulls information from the Chrome user experience uh, data, is that correct? Yeah, so that's the, the live data that Google are collecting on the internet for like the, <laughs> so yeah, every time you're visiting a web page, it's sending information to, to Google and the ones that have the most data, it gets aggregated into the Chrome user experience reports. So you can, you can, I think the easiest way to see that is if you put a URL into sort of PageSpeed Insights and you get a separate little box at the top, which tells you if there's real world data out there. So that's, that's where I'm getting all of that information from. It's really easy to just request it and you don't have to do too much work to get that. Yeah. And I think that they've got the, I've been using their, their other tool, the, um, the, the crux, the data studio, um, okay, yeah. uh, um, yep, the, yeah, the data studio report, um, which is, which is really useful as well. Um, so that's got a sort of breakdown of the, of the two. And I know that you were recently featured on, um, SEO FOMO's, um, <laughs> list of Cora Vitals, um, Cora Vitals tools as well and I think I think that one was also also mentioned so um so yeah it's good to have those those sorts of things uh it's good to have a sort of bank of a bank of tools are there are there any other tools that you that you um that you rate with regards to sort of core web vitals uh the official plugin is pretty good I think I can't remember what that's called it's probably just called core web vitals but it's the <laughs> one that puts the little sort of indicator at the top in the uh, in the toolbar. So as you're visiting sites, you can see like it changes color based on what the data is. And then you can click on it and get a, sort of a bigger breakdown. So that's a, that's a pretty good one. But I haven't seen too many tools out there that are really focusing on core web vitals, which is why I think sort of the, the layout shift tool has got a bit more traction because yeah. it's like a new thing that everyone's told that they have to worry about. And there isn't really anything out there apart from really digging into sort of the Chrome's dev tools, which is a bit much for some people. Right, right. I mean, I, I must be honest, I spend a lot of time in Chrome dev tools, <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, all the time um, uh, and things and people, and people, yeah, uh, yeah, I spend way too much time in it. <laughs> in, in it. Um, but there's, a, but it's a bit like a rabbit hole. I'm always finding extra bits that I didn't know that you could put, that you could yeah. um, on it. So I enjoy it in, in, in that regard. Yeah, they're um, always adding new stuff to DevTools. Like every month, they they put out like a little video showing you all the things that have been added. And this this it's, it's always new stuff to learn. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it, I think it's really good. And I think they're the good. The other good thing I would say about Google with, in that regard, um, to sort of the tools and features that they they do, is they they they're quite good at. Uh, or at the moment, they seem to be quite willing to listen to feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so they were going to get rid of the structured data testing tool. <laughs> um, and I, I certainly, I think I was on a chat with them, with Martin and John uh, Mueller, and I was like, don't, no, it's the worst, like, we, we need to keep it, like, please, um, and, and yeah, I ranked them a bit on Twitter, and eventually, or, uh, yeah, obviously, I've saved the core, I've saved the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not me, no, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's, I think, it, I think they're, they're, they seem to be quite interested in, um, in, in that, uh, in, in feedback, and there, I, and I think that the, I find that the Core Web Vitals um, tool on Search Console or the Core Web Vitals in information on Search Console oh, yeah. is, is useful, but sometimes it's trickier for sites that don't have large amounts of traffic. Yeah. Um, so so I think that um, so yeah, I think I think that I think that's quite tricky. For, so I think I think that's quite tricky for for sites that have smaller amounts of traffic because they're just not 
getting as much data um, through. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because the core web vitals really do rely on you having a lot of traffic. You can't really measure uh, the first input delay if you've not got people using your site to to get that data from it's you can't really test that one yourself yeah yeah exactly and i mean i think that sometimes you can sort of I've, when i when i sort of patch i've had a couple of clients who, who are smaller smaller sites they're sort of you know b2b sort of uh, things and, and they for, for the first input delay we i just end up and end up sort of amalgamating the information on like time to load or um, uh, that, that sort of information to sort of <laughs> sort of um, try to um, uh, because it's an indicator for it. Yeah, I think that they, they say that you can use total blocking time That's as it, the yeah. lab test for that one, which is, is as close as you can get, but it, it's not it's not what they're measuring. So no, no. So, so yeah, I think that that's, that's, that's quite tricky. Um, and how and when you, from what you've seen with regards to like clients and and potentially with your uh, with people who use the use the data, um, how many people how many people are, do you see are performing like well for for these for these? Um... Uh, I think most people are performing all right. Like okay, I think there's not that many people that are like right at the top doing really well. Yeah. But most people are kind of around like the seventy-five percent sort of mark. There's there's very few people who that I'm seeing that are really in the red. But okay. what's interesting is you see a lot of major brands that are like in the red. So yeah. that's why I think that it's not going to change too much when it becomes part of uh, like when it becomes a ranking factor because then. I don't see any possibility of all these large companies suddenly being pushed down. Like, right. Just not. Yeah. And not I think, something I can foresee happening. But they're the ones that are like up there with all the all the reds and and doing really <laughs> badly because they've got the most sort of visual experiences. I guess when you when you visit their sites, they're yeah, they're not I, optimized for speed. They're optimized for looking very fancy. Mm. So what customers might recognize with their brand. So I'm thinking of, I think it's like a lot of Sony sites and so maybe the PlayStation sites and things like that. They are very heavy on visuals and sort of a brand experience rather than a user experience. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think, I think also a lot of those, like I've got a couple of sites, I've got, I've got a, I have a, I have a client who's got like very little, like very little tracking. Like they're just, you know, they just yeah. have, like just a regular, like they've got pictures, they've got text. That's pretty much what they've got. It's pretty like pretty straightforward. Um, and you know, on page feed insights, they're way up there because they have no, they don't have, they've got like minimal JavaScript uh, yeah. like, on the site. So that so the total the total blocking time is like really low and all, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So so it's 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 difficult because the more information we want about the user experience, the 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 more um, at risk we are of <laughs> compromising the user experience. I think as well. Um, and so, yeah, like bigger sites are going to want a lot more data because there's a lot more at stake. Um, so I think that, I think, I think again, that, that comes back to the sort of needing the, like the kind of technical expertise like <laughs> that you have to sort of manage those, those sorts of elements um, um, that are the sort of, you know, underneath the site sort of elements. 
um, to make sure that we're able to get the, the information and also perform well for things like core website, yeah. core web vitals. Um, yeah, so yeah, cool. Well, that's, um, that's really awesome. Um, uh, thank you very much for, for um, talking to me about, about um, your plugin and all of the, the, um, the uh, different things that you've done. I, I was interested to hear about the pyrotechnics um, company. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you, what, what's next for you? What do you think will be your next sort of tinkering project now that we're oh, locked down three? I've got a lot of projects that I'm always kind of tinkering. I've, I've been trying to figure out decent ways to sort of visualize what the largest contentful paint is. Mm. So I'm not quite sure on how to do that. I, I've, I've done the fun version now. I've got it where it just puts a big arrow and points at it. <laughs> like that that was like oh let's have a bit of fun and do that now i've got to think how i can make that a bit more usable because that's not very client friendly a big flashing arrow but <laughs> yeah that there are ways to do that and i'm just uh so i've been having a lot of fun and building stuff as apis that exist that other people can use so the layout shift tool is actually an api that you can request it from manually rather than having to go through my page if you wanted uh, so i've got a few things that i'm tinkering on with like that uh, i've got a very fun game that is based on learning regular expressions that i need to finish at some point and, and then i've got another tool that should be finishing up soon that lets you compare the rendered page for just and the non-rendered page, but do it on a mobile phone because at the moment you can't easily view source and compare the two on a mobile phone. So yeah. I've got it working. It just needs it's one of those things that everything gets to the like 99% finished and then that one percent, it's very easy to get distracted by something. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also also I think that that's you know I uh Flying a plane is relatively easy. Landing it is, is a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, not that I know how to fly a plane, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I imagine I could probably steer one, maybe, possibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think I could land it. So yeah, it's, um, uh, but that's, that, all sounds really, that all sounds really interesting. And, and do you think you might be doing some more, um, some another uh, or more speaking things? I, know that I think you I might have a couple of speaking arrangements coming up this year, just waiting to hear back. Exciting! Oh yeah, I've got a few ideas out there for talks. I'm just just waiting to hear. Yeah, well, that sounds really that sounds really interesting. So we I will we will uh, keep our eye out for for that <laughs> as well. Um, and and I think that you know uh, from what I've seen online, people are really enjoying the um, the the extensions that you're that you're building and the tools that you're building um, yeah. and things. Have you had have you had good client feedback as well? Uh, yeah, I think. Client feedback is a hard one because I'm fortunate in the position that we don't have a lot of clients that you have to, that there's no developers standing in, in the way of like implementing any changes that you need. So you don't have to pitch, this needs to be changed and then goes into a big development queue because I can do a lot of the development work. So being able to do that for the clients means that we get a lot of free reign on how things get implemented so they trust us that if things need tweaking to help that we'll be tweaking to help and we're not having to like pitch like you need to be spending your budget to do this and then it's like where the priority is in the development queue because we can just get in there and do things for them cool 
that's that's really really cool okay well thank you very much um uh for your time today um we will um and and thank you very much for joining thanks again to chris from deface for joining us today for the optics talk podcast we look forward to seeing the next bit of tech that he comes up with and we look forward to enjoying using the um core cert finals and the cumulative layout shift generator over the next few months as we see how core web vitals is implemented.